Hello everybody and welcome to Generally Casual, the place where you can learn anything and everything through our ADHD riddled brain holes. They're like white holes. They inject information out to you, the viewers, the listeners. <laughs> I'm kind of worried if you have brain holes. It's a brain hole. Yeah, it's like eye holes. No, um, no it's not. I'm Michael and joined with me as always is my co-host, Richard. Hi. Hi. Today we are talking about technology based on nature. So uh, let's talk about the inspiration for this episode first. Uh, I have two hey, things. Let's that... talk about the inspiration for this episode. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things. Uh, actually, both of which I think are old. Uh-huh. Um, the one that I, the article I read today was actually from like 2017. Um, but six years, Richard. I know. Oh, it's um, almost like te- the, this kind of technology updates itself every, every year. It year. gets crazier and crazier. Which I'm hoping that the I haven't looked at what the updates for this research are, but they, you know, they were trying to go through different means. You you look it up now, and it's like we've made water bears ginormous, <laughs> the, the size ultra, of real bears, ultra water bears. <laughs> so. Today, I read an article, um, like I said, an old one, about the tardigrade, uh, also known as water bear. They're uh, microscopic animals um, that um, have basically proven to be, like, practically indestructible. They are are basically, as, as far as observable science has occurred... They are immortal and indestructible. Yeah. Uh, so they can survive in the vacuum of space. They can like, they can survive in dry environments and wet environments. Um, There's no extremely cold environments. For them to be this resilient. Yeah. But and, you know. But uh, actually, one of the things that they talked about was, um, in the article, they talked about why they do that. And so they have this specific, um, basically set of like cells. That they call them TDPs. Um, let me go to the. Um, so what it basically does is it um, they like secrete this TDP stuff that basically turns their entire body into a little cocoon of glass, and so it protects them. Like as an example, when they dry out, they basically protect themselves by turning into this um, uh, uh, like coma-like structure that that basically just turns them into glass they're like they not cryo freeze they glass freeze well yeah and so they were looking at this as kind of ways to then use this um these like cell structures for uh any societal use yeah and one of the things that they talked about was being able to potentially um use this structure to uh, uh help out with the cold chain for medicine so um Certain medicines have to be refrigerated mm-hmm. or frozen, like the um, the COVID vaccine yep. is one of them. Um, and both of those have a like half life where if you leave it out for too long, it degrades to the point of not being able to be used anymore. Tardigrades, exactly. Um, and so <laughs> they were looking into being able to use these cells in a way to then have it so that way medicines could be transportable by basically freeze drying them. Wouldn't that be insane if, like, see, our our dad walked in before we did our, our podcast and he was talking about accidental creations. Wouldn't it be so funny if someone was like, yeah, you inject this stuff and, you know, it makes the medicine, you know, never needs to, you, 
it never degrades. It never, and then it, ever ju- it ejects to somebody, and then they're like, oh, oh, I'm about to die. And they just turn into a glass <laughs> sphere. And it's like, they just oh, turn into a water bear yeah. and, like, well, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, we had. We accidentally invented immortality, or I guess indestructibility. Well, and that was the funny thing is the article that I read, they talked about how like crazy thought process for this would be not just using it for like freeze drying medicine, but freeze drying people basically to be like, oh, you have this incurable disease. I'm going to freeze dry you until we figure out the cure for this. Yeah. Which is, would be better than cryo freezing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so over the weekend, I also sent Michael a TikTok that was also technically older but over in europe they are um saving millions of pounds of plastic this one company um by instead of using um like plastic cups or things like that for like races or really anything they use these little sacks and so you have like edible water or edible energy drinks in like little pouches and they're just single use so you just pop them in your mouth that's really cool and the little sack is edible because it's uh made out of seaweed Ah. and so seaweed as a whole and plant-based things are uh massively viable on a global scale for a lot of different uses um one of which in this case is to replace plastic for single use items like this yeah well also i mean like in that same span coming from a previous episode that we were talking about that was um uh indoor growing like uh, no oh, uh vertical, hi- vertical yeah vertical farming, farming and then hydroponics right this this combined with the seaweed stuff which seaweed can only be farmed hydroponically yeah because uh, <laughs> it's but it's a versatile it's a very versatile yeah. plant but i mean just imagine like the evolving future of the world with all of these new technologies is like everything's made out of plants we have sustainable food we're slowly solving the hunger always hunger crisis um and using it to kind of sustain ourselves without destroying the environment yeah and almost like regenerating the environment through this as well um there's a number of different uh culture uh cultural things that happen across the globe where um natural resources are being implemented into living structures um like there's a number of different skyscrapers and other things like that that have literally like vines and plants growing off of them um and um and utilizing nature into their building structures Mm -hmm. and process Um, i think that's really important because obviously plants provide oxygen and things like that they trees obviously convert carbon dioxide into oxygen um and overall um we don't necessarily and we're leaning towards this which we talked about in our um plant-based meat products um and how good for the environment that is as well on a regular basis yeah so overall if we can continue on this trend and more and more companies like these companies find useful methodology and things like that we can then incorporate that technology into societal use yeah and with that oh i can hear myself a lot better my my pop filter was like way to the left. And I didn't uh, realize it. Um, that that's why I enjoy today's topic is because you have us trying to work with nature more and more about not actually harvesting things directly in nature, but bringing them into uh, and under our control without having to deal with nature directly. Right? There's this like there's this whole thing with like 
mankind since agriculture is trying to exert its control over the natural environment. Over Mother Nature. Yes. But in doing these things, as my brother just said, you know, vertical farming, um, everything, including that, I'm not going to name a huge list, um, (laughs) is bringing them into our um, area of expertise and bringing them into our our cities and our, our, our towns and not having to Im- impact nature directly going, Hey, we'll take all these natural things and bring them to us instead of the other way around, bring us to, to nature. Um, and I think that's really where this idea of biomimicry really comes in, um, is going, Hey, what else can we do in nature to help ourselves? Um, nature has a lot of smart ideas because yeah. it's been evolving a lot longer than we have invented any form of technology. And clearly it's stuck around for a long time. Yeah. And it kind of, uh, I mean, this might be a little of an end idea, but it kind of reminds me of like what the future could be is us working hand in hand with our environment, making everything based on our natural resources and the animals that surround us rather than making all this like clunky technology. In fact, it reminds me a lot of like the boxy Hummer. I'm like, that's literally the opposite of what you want a car to look oh, like. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the funny thing is, is like if you really think about it, as we as a society come to understand nature and how natural things work more, mm-hmm. it seems like we get more benefit out of it. Because in essence, what we're doing is looking at cellular levels or like how things do things, and and then being like, oh, can we do that too? And would that work for us? How can we make it work for us? Yeah. Um, and I learned something today. Oh. I, I was this year's old when I learned that Velcro um, was based on the way burrs stick to animals' fur. Oh. and That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Velcro was invented all the way in 1941. And apparently the person who invented it was like, Look at these burrs. Look at them sticking to animals' fur and our clothes, and and they were like, "What if I just made a a device that just sticks two things together like that?" And of course, what if I know, make burrs? Yeah, and I make fur. Yeah, and I stick them together. Uh, <laughs> and and if you look at Velcro, it's literally one side's like a bunch of little hooks, yep. and the other side's like a bunch of fur. little, yeah, a bunch of, <laughs> like fur basically, yeah, uh, a bunch of little loops, and. It just makes my brain explode going, it, it it was invented so long ago to today, but also that someone pulled this idea out of nature. Um, and the entire idea of it is that nature has been evolving for millions of years. It probably has some good ideas that are better than us. Yeah. Um, the other, like the other, my favorite one is the bullet train. Um, the most pr- prominent feature of the bullet train is the front of it. Which is like this weird snub nose like like tip, yeah, yeah. Where like it it looks like a normal train, and then it comes down into like this very round point, uh, almost like a beak, and that's because it was based on a kingfisher's beak. But if you go in further, they also added like six other things from nature into it. Like I think there's like a little fin on top. There's like other parts of the train that are kind of developed in the same way um, to, to really make it a streamlined vehicle. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I am it, it just impresses me sometimes when people are out here making really important inventions. 
Uh, and that's also to say something. Velcro, uh, uh, Velcro is probably one of the most important inventions that we've made because it can be used in space. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it can be used in space. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like on a very fundamental level that y- using nature to our benefit actually helps the environment because we are work. It, it, it's kind of like a way where we're going, hey we want to make ourselves aerodynamic then yeah aerodynamic through life well i was going to say one of the things is where we we already use nature in destructive ways and it's nice to be able to use nature in non-destructive ways i shoot trees at people all yeah, the time exactly <laughs> tree guns yes <laughs> <laughs> um, can you imagine how you shoot a seed in somebody and it just immediately <laughs> grows wow <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we've replaced all bullets with seeds. That would be terrible. Also, <laughs> massively violent. Yeah, so we're making blood trees. That, yeah, but it works with the environment, Richard. <laughs> These large red trees just grow out of battlefields. Jerry? Jerry? No! I'm a tree now. I'm a redwood now. I'm a redwood. I am proud and redwood. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think we've been uh, copyright, copyright, yeah, right out of Rick and Morty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What what does that? What's that gun do? It turns people into snakes. (laughs) (laughs) See, but it's it's much more economical to think about turning people into trees. Yeah, help the environment. Turn your friend into a tree. Yeah, or your enemy rather. Yeah, turn your enemies into trees. Turn your enemies into trees. Yeah. Okay, you were gonna say. I don't even remember what I was going with it. <laughs> um, basically, uh, just the whole like uh, positive or you know non-destructive way of using the environment. Um, the the thing that I found, and actually using one of the examples that I just read about, um, is uh, the turbine um, fans. I think is what they talked about down down a little bit. A wind turbines. Uh, wind turbine blades. Yeah. So if you think. Of the giant like wind tunnels. Oh. Or um I think even actually if we talk about wind turbines, like the giant solar um not solar, uh wind windmills. Windmills. Well, yes, we know what they they're wind turbines. Yes. Um they're based on the shape of a hump humpback whale's flippers. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating because I never really even thought about that until I drive, you know, up to Stockton through that entire f- fleet of them. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, they do look like humpback. They, yeah, because they're like kind of twisted, like off they're of the slight stem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, they're not um like perfectly oval shaped. They do have kind of a curve and and like lopsided shape to them. Um, but anyway, they I guarantee they didn't just chop off some humpback whales flippers and go, let's use this. <laughs> And, you know, did 3D scans of the this. The first design is I, a bunch of glued whale fins to a big terrible. spiraling circle. I, like, that's what I'm talking about. Non-destructive. They didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, that would be horrifying. I hope not. <laughs> that's like, uh, was it like the Edison or like sh- electrocuting the elephant? To oh, prove yeah. A point? Yeah. Like, hey, this is the difference between these two electricities. Look at this. I can kill this elephant. It's like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Yes, why would you? You could do that easily just, on anything just else. Just do that. Just show me. Look, and then the elephant turns into a tree. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
With a little bit of seeds and electricity, we can magically turn this elephant into a tree. Yes, it's an, an elephant tree. Uh, elephant tree. <laughs> oh my um, actually, in that in that relation, um, this one's. There's no way this is destructive, but uh, I also learned that the way that things are repelling water and dirt is looking at lotus leaves. That lotus leaves naturally repel water and dirt. And through the studying of the chemical structure of their leaves and the coating that is on them, they were able to develop um, synthetic ways to repel clothes, uh, repel clothes, to put on repellent um, and repel things from uh, water and dirt. I think that's kind of crazy. Scotch guard. Yeah. Um, my, My, while researching, I was looking up. The most recent discoveries, like the most yes. recent technologies, um, and one I think I deleted from the list, but uh, some things are, like, a lot of things are inspired by sharks. Yeah. So. Sharks, is they're, like, massively influential on, on biomimicry. Yeah. So, the first one isn't on here, but it's the way their scales are set where, sorry, their scales, their, their, well, their skin. Their skin. Is, like is like weaved one on top of each other yeah. and is also is also like sharp in a way um and they i think it's like they invented wetsuits to mimic yeah, yeah. a shark's skin um to help keep you insulated and free of wet because a shark skin is apparently really good at that interesting yeah and then this other one i, I actually knew i was going to say yeah. that's a lot better than doing an otter skin um, wetsuit because then it just be like literally very tiny thick amounts of hair like all just compiled. and then you would, you'd have to keep putting air into yeah, it exactly <laughs> that's why otters do that because the whole thing and what keeps otters warm is they have thick coats of fur that they literally inject air into and so then that keeps like a layer of air in between the water temperature and their skin um there's a quick anime reference there's a uh, anime called Heaven's Design yeah, Team yeah. where they talk about otters and how like terribly they're built. <laughs> they're they're, they're like, like really the bad, awkwardly. Yeah, <laughs> like like uh, the guy who was building it in I the anime. That. Yeah, where it was like was like, oh look, they're so cute. It's like okay, like but like how do they stay warm? It's like oh. Well, they wouldn't stay warm. It's like okay, so how can we make them stay warm? He's like, well. They can eat a lot of food. It's like, yeah. okay, but how are high they going to eat a lot of food? Di- yeah, a high-caloric d- diet. They're like, how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to eat sea, ur- like sea urchins that are high-caloric, high-density food. It's like, but they're like hard creatures. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll have them break them with rocks. And it was like. <laughs> oh, no, that was the best part is I remember that specific. And they're like, we don't know how to fix this problem. And then they came back the next day. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and the otters were just doing it themselves. Yeah, like, just breaking it out. Because yeah, they like, have little tiny bear paws. And they're like. Oh my goodness! And then uh, the other thing was that I laughed at in that episode was they talked about like, look, look at how cute they are. They'll they'll keep themselves from floating away by wrapping themselves in seaweed. And they're like, but what if there's no seaweed? And they're like, oh no, what if there's no seaweed? <laughs> and then it's two of them that are holding hands and drifting together. Yeah. And like, oh my god, that's the cutest thing. My favorite thing is that that's called a raft. <laughs> when they do that, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's so cute. They hold hands. Yeah. I don't know how much technology we can base on it, but it would certainly be adorable technology. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, back to the shark thing. Yes. Uh, this I actually knew about when it came out was it's a thing called sharklet antibacterial surface, which is again inspired by the skin of sharks. Um, the surface is designed to resist bacteria without using chemicals or antibiotics. So it's the way shark shark's skin is formed naturally is resilient against outside bacteria. Huh. So uh, I I don't re- quite remember. I think this was used to kind of band or bind wounds hmm. um, as a medical technology to be able to be like, hey, we don't need to spray it or clean it. We can just wrap it in this and then it'll stay clean. It's like a uh, like a Band-Aid that. Like keeps everything clean. Yeah, interesting. It was uh, uh, these other ones I have not heard of at all. Um, but one of them that's on our list, I I don't know if it actually exists, but is like robotic insects. Yeah. Um, and I was telling I was telling our dad before we we got in here that was like the dream. Um, back when and I think bees are still kind of endangered. Um. But like I'm back sure when like there was a big bee crisis, yeah. Uh, about like I, the honeybees, we're, we're still in a bee crisis. Yes. by the way, uh, the the honeybees were all disappearing. Yeah, and there's plenty of bee farmers out there to keep them alive. Um, we love you. Uh, keep doing your that. They work. were like, okay, what if we make tiny robotic bees that can do the same thing that bees do, um, which is pollinating the flowers um, and also making honey. And I was like, that's very interesting. But I think that goes into, like, we're looking up arguments against, like, the idea of biomimicry is that replacing the insect is not what this is for. No. Uh, That is very invasive to the environment. Um, Also, things uh, that would hunt insects or uh, that that play into that circle of life, that kind of inputs a human dynamic of what we're just removing something out of that circle. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know the drastic impacts that may that may change this circle, this cycle. Uh, just like if you took away a big predator and replaced it with a robot, it would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, because then the robot would be the predator, yeah. obviously. And it would be the ultimate killing machine, and exactly. that would be a problem. Which is why when people are replaced by robots, this is a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you, you know, Richard. <laughs> I have no idea. You know everything. You know um, everything about the future and technology. A couple more from our list, which uh, I didn't even think about, but I would assume that actually ants and termites would be uh, very sim- similar in this. Um, so uh, termite, giant termites, or termites in general, live in mounds usually. Um, either an ants actually live in burrows. Um, both of which have very complex tunneling systems. And so in this case, they're uh, architecture designs that are based off of uh, termite ventilation systems mm-hmm. um, because obviously air needs to flow through these type of passages and termites have really kind of engineered very good the ways. Expert tunnelers. Yeah, to be able to keep air flowing. Yeah, I, I keep air flowing without letting their entire cave system collapse. Right. Um, And that's actually wildly interesting is there's been other um, building designs that are based off of nature itself 
Uh, I cannot name them right now because I've I've seen them over the course of the year. Yeah, but there's certainly a number of buildings like this is based on a tree where the 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 parts that the humans move through are based on the root system and and the trunks. Uh, tr- oh, trunks. and the other thing, uh, which was another TikTok. Yeah, because if you really want to go down something a rabbit hole on TikTok or on YouTube, uh, go with uh, mushroom talk. Um. So the world's largest uh, living thing mm-hmm. is actually a mushroom. Yeah. Um, it is a like it is something like 10 times bigger than the blue whale um, because of this structure. Um, that's basically um, everything on top is like, you know, tiny, tiny little mushrooms, but they're a giant substructure of roots that are all connected. And so it's all considered one living thing i'm gonna flash richard back to his uh, fifth grade science project oh. uh, about the fern he did his oh uh, yeah because yeah. i copied him and i did the same thing <laughs> uh thanks science teacher uh <laughs> thanks i just science. i just remembered her name the other day um and the fern we were studying grows the same way mushrooms do which oh. they extend their roots out and then the roots just pop back up um throughout the ground and that is a new version of that that fern um, and mushrooms do the same thing, except that the other one doesn't die. Right. They just continually expand their root system yep. throughout the entire forest. Um, and they go around other things. Uh, and then the entire mushroom system is just one large being. Yeah. And I mean, for those that have seen The Last of Us and other things like that, the whole thing is, is like they they use inspiration for that show based off of how like fungus and mushrooms actually do things mm-hmm. to the point like where it knows like you know certain areas it gets touched then it knows it at literally miles away in its root structure and things like that yeah um that all of that has similar um pathways and things like that they've made comparisons to our like neural network in our brain um and something like our dna for certain mushrooms is like we're not that far or yeah. like more related to mushrooms than we are to like something else like we're mushrooms and bananas that's all we <laughs> yeah, are exactly mushroom banana monkeys <laughs> i'm gonna just yeah that's the quote Mushroom, mushroom banana, banana monkeys. monkeys. That's all we are. Welcome to 2023. You all you mushroom banana monkeys. I'm gonna identify as a mushroom banana monkey. <laughs> I want that on a shirt now. Maybe that's our first I shirt. De- I identify as mushroom banana monkey. I, I identify as my see, I just don't want that to be like insulting to anybody. That's true. Yeah, but using the word I identify, yeah. Yeah. We don't wanna No, just say I am a mushroom banana monkey. I'm okay with that. <laughs> And I need some art. I need some art with it. I'll get Troy. If, if somebody out there is Troy. an artist. Yeah, Troy, if you're listening right now or anybody else. <laughs> mushroom banana artist, monkey. Go. Please send me a mushroom banana monkey. <laughs> at, at generallycasual at gmail. There you go. <laughs> I want this art. I want it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the idea, right, I think you and I can agree that there's n- almost there's nothing wrong with this. No, I mean, as long as it's being used in a proactive, non-destructive way, yeah, I think it's great. As long as we're not replacing nature with technology, we're using nature to inspire a technology to help us be muy simpatico with the with nature itself. Um, there is something like sometimes, actually, a lot of the ideas that have been inspired by biomimicry 
have been really like, oh, we really need to come up with this. And they would do like 50 different ideas. And then finally they're like, well, what does an owl do? And then they're like, oh, yeah, the owl. And then like every one of these ideas is like, well, there's already something out there that's been doing this and it works. Because that's the biggest thing with science is trying it out. You don't know if it works until you try it out. Yeah. But if you have something out there that already evidence. works and yeah. you have evidence that can inspire your invention, then it's just easy because it you know it already works. Just you need to make it the way it exists in nature, which is sometimes the hard part. Yeah, I I would assume, I mean, obviously the other big one off of our list is solar panels um because it's based off of photosynthesis in plants. I mean, it's that's a pretty easy leap to make, like making mm-hmm. something that absorbs sunlight. Plants do that very, very well. Um, so you figure um, that probably didn't take him that long to figure out. It's just figuring out how to convert that into electricity and technology and power. Yeah, a lot of those are like over 40, 50 years old already. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that the humpback, uh, humpback turbine blades was 2005. Yeah, it was very recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gecko inspired adhesive 2007, the repelling of dirt and water 2008, robotic insect 2012, the termite thing is 2016, like, and then 2018 is bio-inspired underwater robots. Uh, that that uh, antibacterial surface shark one, that was from 2021. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is kind of crazy because you think if someone just thought of this in early 2000s. We'd be that much farther in the in right? this technology, or maybe they did, and it took them till now to. They figure. just didn't. Well, and that's kind of what I was mentioning before. It's like the more we know about how things work in nature, the easier it is to then convert it. Right. Mm-hmm. It, if from the beginning of our conversation talking about the water bear stuff, if we knew about that years ago, about how this specific chemical, uh, you know, worked and things like that, and how it's like. I think they said it's like a complex random pattern. And they're like, if we figured out how they were able to do that, and then we were able to cryo-freeze humans, like, it'd be crazy. Well, then we would already be on our way to populating other places. Yeah. Sending people out in cryo-freeze space. Cryo-freeze them and then send them out into space. Yeah. As long as they don't turn into water bears. Well, you know, there's always the risk of that. That's true. We go from um, mushroom banana monkeys to water, to water bears, bears. <laughs> overnight yeah and didn't even know our dna is just kind of crazy yeah um i i'm just technology always inspires me and it, it's one of those things that i am always wowed by what comes out of people's crazy brains and just the even minute fact that it's been happening for about 100 years that people have been looking at nature and trying to get inspired by it to make new technology is one of those things to help give you hope for the future. That there are people that exist um, that are looking at nature for inspiration. But if Velcro is any uh, indicator of saying, if you look at nature hard enough, you can invent something that will make you billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is, you know, Velcro was very gimmicky at the time. But uh-huh. overall, it's still useful. Yeah. And I don't think it's ever, you know, they've now created silent Velcro and things like that. But overall, I think when something influences society that much and it still stick, sticks around, it's no longer just you don't 
you know, you're not lazy and don't tie your shoes anymore. It's used for a bunch of others. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it, it's a making a knot is only so useful. Right. But having two things just stick together from like adhesively without needing to use glue is very impressive. True. And I know after a time, Velcro gets a little silly. It's like all the all the fur gets all mushed up and weird, but it still works. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the future. <laughs> I am looking forward to the future. Too bad AI isn't really based on nature. <laughs> no, that's true. It's not. Uh, uh, we might already be inspired for our next um, uh, podcast, by the way. I think we might be doing accidental creations. Uh, hopefully, we'll remember that for next time. <laughs> oh, well, you put it on the list. Yeah. So, accidental inventions or yeah, creations. Um, we have a handful already. Yeah. And uh, four examples. I've heard back from Megan, and okay. she said she would like to do disability visibility okay. in July, uh, oh. which is okay. We could use it before July, but sure, let's do it in July. No, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it mid July after after. <laughs> we'll do it mid June while we're in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll ask her. Maybe we can record it early. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Uh, please share with a friend, uh, like, subscribe, find us on any podcasting platform, because uh, that's where we exist. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we just find out right now that we don't exist anywhere. We don't exist. Uh, we're just two birds talking to each other. We're just two banana mushroom monkeys. <laughs> we're chatting with each other. Excuse me. I'm a mushroom banana monkey, not a banana mushroom monkey. Excuse me. And that's how war starts. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to contact us with any fun art or any other questions or thank yous like we got from uh, Jonathan. John. Uh, John, last time, you can contact us at generallycasual at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.